0: GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth with your host, Diane Helbig. Diane is a leading small business development and leadership coach, author, and speaker who is passionate about sharing valuable ideas, tips, and techniques with business professionals worldwide. Diane brings you the world's experts and gurus in all things business. Whether it's sales, structure, social media, planning, or plateauing, guests bring their expertise and energy to each episode. When growing your business is your focus, Accelerate Your Business Growth is the show to listen to. Got a topic or guest suggestion? Let Diane know. The goal is to make sure you have the information you need to move your business forward. Thanks for joining us. Settle in and enjoy.
2: Hi, everybody. Thanks so much for joining me. Today's podcast is sponsored by audible.com actually providing you with a free trial uh, for audible.com. You can go to audibletrial.com slash sign up for that trial, and check it out, and look beyond the audiobooks. Audiobooks are great. There's also a whole lot of other content for you to enjoy. The Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast uh, continues to enjoy inclusion on lists of the best podcasts to listen to, and that is because of the guests. These are uh, people who have expertise in particular areas of business, and they join me for a conversation where they share that expertise with all of you. Today is no exception. My guest today is Ronnie Saud. Ronnie is the president of Saud Marketing, a digital marketing agency in Jacksonville Beach, Florida. Over the past 16 years, he's helped hundreds of companies increase their website traffic, streamline their sales process and grow their revenue by capitalizing on the power of digital marketing. Ronnie's experience spans many different industries including healthcare, retail, hospitality, travel, tech startups and real estate investment groups. He moved back to his hometown and founded Sound Marketing in 2017. Thanks so much for joining me today, Ronnie.
1: Oh, thank you, Diane. I appreciate you having me on.
2: Absolutely. Great to have you here. Um, So, um, you know, we're going to be talking about marketing and and we're recording this, um, you know, like roughly 10 months into the whole pandemic. And so there's been, uh, if not a total... (laughs) Mm-hmm. Cancellation of uh, a decrease in in-person networking events. How do you think that's changed how businesses um, are are using digital marketing and are viewing it?
1: Oh my gosh! Uh, I I remember back when the you know when the pandemic first first started, and locally here when we were about uh, to shut down, it was absolute panic in in, in the business community here. And so, uh, because as you said, you know, networking was, was no, no more. Um, And so it, what I found is that it wound up accelerating a lot of businesses that were dragging their feet on digital marketing and creating content and content marketing. It, it put those services front and center because now it was no longer really an option. Right. Right. And, the 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 early adopters, you know, I noticed were kind of high fiving because they're like, hey, we have the infrastructure all set. Um, whereas those companies that were, you know, still, you know, extremely financially successful companies, but ones that were built more on, you know, physical in-person sales teams were the ones going, okay, what do we do? You know, because everyone had that sinking feeling of where, you know, one, what's the economy going to do? Is it going to be on a roller coaster? Uh, but then two, you know, they had their prospect lists. but then when those dried up, how are they going to get more, you know, yeah. and so that's, that's what, you know, the big question was, and I, I think I was on the phone, (laughs) I was on the phone with new potential clients all day, every day for like three weeks straight, (laughs) just, just answering, you know, (laughs) the, the same question almost on, on repeat. So, um, so, you know, me, me personally, uh, you know, after, you know, that storm kind of started to die down and people saw the path that we were on. You know, I started making more content about how to actually go about executing that. And, uh, but it's been an interesting year for sure. You know, as I'm sure you've, you've experienced yourself.
2: Oh, absolutely. And and while I've, um, you know, been on LinkedIn and Facebook and, and have done digital marketing for all of, my uh, business history, it has been Mm -hmm. noticeable how much more traffic there is on those sites. You know, that people just look at all of a sudden we're flocking to LinkedIn
1: Mm -hmm. as an example. Exactly. And, um, you know, certain certain industries were already better prepared for this, you know? So I think staff, you know, software as a service, um, I mean, content marketing is kind of in their blood, you know, if you're, if you're launching some type of an app or, or, or web-based app. But, you know, what I found, one, content marketing is equally, if not more uh, important and effective for local professional services. You know, things like mortgages, insurance, uh, medical practices, you know, so on and so forth, equally, if not more effective for them. However, they have not, most of them, have not adopted it as fast as, you know, what a SaaS, you know, business, SaaS startup has. And they were the ones who were, you know, the absolute most inquisitive and needed to build their, you know, internal marketing infrastructure up the fastest.
2: So do you think that's because um, they look at the internet and say, okay, well, that's global, but I sell locally. That they
1: weren't doing it. You,
2: You know what I mean? That they weren't, you know, quick to do it.
1: Right. Um, to some degree. Yes. I think, you know, a lot of them thought they could, that they can skirt around it. Um, but also I think the one, um, a traditional sales team, you know, is very well known and understood by, you know, a lot of businesses. It's what they've had in place for many years. Um, so to have to make a monumental change, you know, like that during the pandemic is a tall order, you know, uh, number one. Um, you know, number two, i I'm, I'm pro sales team. You know, it's not that I'm not. Um, at all, but I think solely relying on them, you know, in 2020 and now into 2021, uh, is sort of a you know kind of a death wish. <laughs> if we saw uh-huh. that come to you know <laughs> we saw that come to fruition, but to not have content uh, marketing and and utilize digital marketing as the great support system for physical in person sales that it is you know, I've still seen droves of people sleeping on that. And that's where I think you get into really dangerous territory when you've never dipped your toe, you know, um, into the digital marketing and creating content and learning how to prospect through social media and Google and also learning how to nurture uh, through, through those channels as well, you know.
2: Yeah, boy, I really agree with that. This is, this is, Really interesting because I, I completely agree. I, I think both are necessary, and I think it is beyond time for companies to embrace how to mm-hmm. use digital, right, for for sales for sure.
1: Right. Okay. And, and, and I li- think understanding that relationship, you know, between the salesperson and the marketing team. And not maybe having it be so separate, but getting input from your sales team into what supporting content can we make for you, right? How can we work together? Um, And one place where I see that they could – this relationship needs to come stronger together is in the annual budget planning. And, you know, if it's in the budget – I feel like it starts to get executed. You know, people pay pay attention to it. Someone's assigned to it, right? If it's not, it tends to get ping ponged and, you know, just sort of batted around.
2: Okay, wait. Okay, I totally agree with that, but I have a question for you because I think it's interesting yeah. that you said um, that, that the marketing team should be talking to the sales team and asking what kinds of things because it feels like traditionally companies, like the marketing team is sort of, done their own thing and then told the salespeople what they're doing. But, but what I'm hearing you say is it's really the other way around or should be.
1: Um, right, I, I think you know one, you can kind of approach it both ways but the, the cool thing about having an in-person sales team is one, their treasure trove of experience and knowledge and prospecting new individuals and asking them, Hey, what do most people have questions about related to this service Mm -hmm. or doing business with us? Okay. Um, Getting all of that feedback and then go, go and look at your website, go and look at your social channels, go and look at the creative that you're, you're using to run ads. Are you assisting and answering those questions? And if not, then that should be part of your creative brainstorming process when, when you do go, uh, to market harder. Right. So, um, you know, it's not a marketing team versus sales team thing. I've walked into situations where, where I (laughs) see them try to be competitive with with each other. And honestly, (laughs) the very best formula is if they work together. Right. And so, um, you know, then the salespeople can start to point some of their prospects to certain pages on the website, um, you know, so on and so forth. Also, things like retargeting campaigns can help assist a salesperson um, with nurturing a, a particular client, right? Because we can stay in front of prospects now after they visited certain pages um, uh, on, on websites and all, you know, more sophisticated retargeting campaigns um have that have that capability, you know.
2: Okay. Will will you um explain to the listeners for just because I think there are some who don't know what that is, what a retargeting campaign. What what do you mean by retargeting campaign?
1: Sure. So retargeting uh campaigns, and and we all this this happens to us, you know, every day in our lives, but you visit a website or you interact with a piece of content on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Okay. Uh, what happens is those systems actually tag you as having visited the website or having, you know, um, watched a good deal of this video or clicked on this ad or, you know, some, uh, some type of, of, of engagement action. When you do that, you then go into a bucket of people that have interacted with uh, of, you know, that particular company before. And if that company wants, it can send out what's called retargeting or remarketing uh, ad campaigns to where they send subsequent ads to individuals that previously engaged or interacted with them uh, at some point in the past. And so uh, this is very prevalent to where if you go to, you know, an e-commerce store and you might be shopping for shoes, right? So like if you're yeah. on Nike.com, you're shopping for shoes then you're on you know cnn or you know youtube or somewhere else and boom you know all these nike ads you know suddenly start start to appear and you know it feels you know very big brotherish but actually it's it's really just you know that that businesses um attempt at you know staying in touch with you nurturing you you know so on and so forth and uh it's a very popular you know tactic today and one that I think is very complimentary to actually having a sales team.
2: Okay. Be, why? Mm-hmm. Because they, explain why. I'm going to try and figure it out.
1: Sure. So, so traditionally, you know, um, your individual salesperson was out there. They have to go meet new prospects, right? Um, yeah. But then they also have to nurture the, the, yeah. the prospects that they've had in, in the past. Uh, to the point to where they're, they're ready to close. <clears throat> well, you know, everyone has a different close, you know, time, right? Some people are ready to close within three days, some people three months, some people three years, right? Yeah. And so um, uh, an individual, you know, only has so much capacity within a day. So why not offload some of that capacity? Um, uh, if if your sales team can can direct their their prospects to certain pages on your website, you know that that those particular people that that visit those pages have interacted with your sales team because that's the only way uh, um, to you know access that certain part of your site. From there. Uh, you could then engage those, those individuals further through your re, remarketing and retargeting campaigns. And that offloads some of the pressure for your sales team to continually have to call them or send them emails um, because we know that we're, we're able to then serve them ads at, at later dates. And we can serve them ads up on LinkedIn, Facebook or Instagram, YouTube, um, or on other content sites that they frequent, you know, so if they're interested in, you know, football or, you know, basketball or, uh, you know, cooking or basket weaving or whatever, um, most of those content sites allow ads to be run on them. And so that's when you, you then get to see those banner ads that show up at the top and on uh, and within the sidebars of, of those sites. Okay,
2: that's great. Thank you. Boy, that that just makes so much sense to me. So will you talk Mm -hmm. some about the connection economy and how it's impacting business?
1: Yes, this is another, you know, this is another hot topic uh, that I think a lot of businesses are are migrating to now. This is something that was, I believe, ignored before, but now they're looking at alternative methods methods to see who else, you know, within their organization, they can utilize to help with sales. And, you know, initially, I don't want this to, you know, sort of come off wrong, but, you know, the point of it, I, I, I believe today in 2020, the point of a really great organization should be to make your employees excited about what they're doing, excited about what the company's doing. Uh, to the point where they want to share about it with their networks up on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, wherever. Right. Uh, I think part of a a business and a company's responsibility is to create some content to help their employees do that. You know, in doing so, you then get access to that employee's network of people that follow them uh, on LinkedIn or Facebook or, or wherever. So if you can utilize, you know that those connections that you already have in house, you know, outside of your sales team, right? You have a lot of un- other individuals there. Um, if if you could create, you know, a company culture uh, within your organization that makes them excited to share about what your company is doing, you know, the updates, the innovations, the new services or products rolling out, um, what their role is. That could then help, uh, help the organization get in front of everyone that they follow. You know, a lot of times organizations don't create any content for LinkedIn, right? And, and individuals are, you know, sort of left to, um, you know, their own practice um, to share at will about what they're doing in their lives or their careers, You know, but what I find the better solution is, is if the company, you know, puts out a a, a really good steady stream of content that the employees can share, you're then able to utilize the connections that all of the employees have. And, you know, really encourage them to share updates about what your organization is doing. I think that's something that I think is lacking culturally with, with a lot of businesses and a lot of companies today.
2: Oh, yeah, I do too. I do too. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's so interesting because I talk to a lot of companies about that and they'll either say that, they're, that they don't think their people are on those platforms or, or would be interested in sharing that information or the company's afraid to encourage their employees to share because they're afraid of what they'll say.
1: Right. Hmm. Exactly. And, you know, uh, I, in reality, you know, I never find that to be the case, right? Yeah, um, it's yeah. always like, like you said, it's always this back of the mind fear and it causes them to not do anything, right? And, you know, I'm always of the opinion that not doing anything is worse <laughs> than doing something, <laughs> maybe having a little bit of a hiccup and learning from it, right?
2: Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, me too.
1: Um, And I just feel like that is, that, that is a massive, Uh, you know, almost free, you know, cost effective opportunity that not enough companies really take care of because that's, that's, you know, more on the organic side, you know, that doesn't really deal with, with ads. Uh, And so, you know, that's one of the things that, that I, I preach about when I go in and I talk with, with, with new clients, you know, I want to know, Hey, how are you utilizing the other people, you know, within here? And, and what kind of it, response do you get? Oh, it's usually a blank face. <laughs> <laughs> blank face, mouth open. Uh yeah. So um it they 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 just haven't thought about it. Yeah. You know, really. But when I start talking about it, you know, like you said, some are interested, but but there's a little notion, you know, of, of fear. Um uh Especially at the local level, and you know what I tell everyone at the local level, I'm like, if the big guys can do it, who are behemoths, yeah. right? If they yeah. can arm their their internal thought leaders um, uh, to share, you know, company content on LinkedIn, you can certainly control it, you know, and have it work to your benefit within a much smaller organization right you would think Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) exactly Mm -hmm. for some reason people think you know it's easier for you know a behemoth like coca-cola or 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 geico to get this stuff off the ground when you know there's so many people and layers involved and um you know in 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 all of that when actually i find you know your more nimble companies you know the ones that are smaller you know fewer decision makers um uh, are the ones that really yeah. should be bringing this to to market hard, you know? Yeah, that's my opinion on it.
2: Yeah, so. I totally agree.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I'm I with you. I, I completely agree with you. Mm-hmm. Um. All right, so so which digital marketing channels do you think are best for B two B sales?
1: B two B, I love. LinkedIn, especially right now. I love LinkedIn and uh, I love YouTube. I would, Facebook ah. is, is definitely, it, it is a good B2B channel. Um, I don't find it to be quite as accurate. Um, and everyone tends mm. to have a mixed bag of audience, right? Um, especially me, you know, mm. on my, on my personal page, uh, you know, I have my mom, my aunts, right? All those people, and then I have some business <laughs> contacts and 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 you know things like like that. So, you know, when I go live, you know, I I I do tend to have more you know of a mixed bag up on up on Facebook. However, when I do video and all uh, up on LinkedIn, you know most you know most everyone there is is a professional individual, you know, in, in some capacity. Right. And so I think that LinkedIn has, has grown leaps and bounds through the pandemic even faster than they were before. Uh, I really love the fact that LinkedIn has pulled up its socks on their ad product. So if you want to run LinkedIn ads, um, they have really, really made big strides on improving the platform there Uh, And like I said, I also really like YouTube. And as you know, Google owns YouTube. And one of the things that I like about it is, number one, the business world goes to YouTube to learn a a lot of stuff, right? Um, They ask YouTube a lot of questions. They research a lot of products. They research a lot of software. Um, They listen to business thought leaders on there, uh, you know, past past keynotes, you know, so on and so forth. So, um, you know, I think YouTube is a really good 50 50 split between B2C, B2B content. Um, And then also, you know, like I said, since Google owns YouTube, uh, if you wanted to run YouTube ads, you're able to target individuals on YouTube based upon. One, either, either websites that they frequent or two, based on keywords that they searched up on Google. So if they were researching a particular oh. software software product, okay, let's say it's your competitor, right? Um, you're able to mm-hmm. then target individuals based upon the fact that they search for your competitor's name on Google. Okay. And then your YouTube ad could show the next time they're up on YouTube searching for anything.
2: Wow. Mm-hmm. Powerful. Wow. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. I know that is powerful. I had no idea.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So for, <laughs> so for, for B2B, you know, um, I do like LinkedIn and, and, and YouTube as well. Um, you know, we still do a lot of Facebook and, and Instagram campaigns, for B2B as well. Um, uh, it's, you know, those two channels, Facebook and Instagram, are extremely effective if you want to run those re retargeting campaigns to individuals that you might have previously prospected on LinkedIn, right? So you can sort of get that everywhere hmm. effect, right?
2: Yeah. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes.
1: Yeah. So, so- <laughs> and, you know, what, 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 what's so cool, too, is, I mean, the pandemic has really accelerated, you know, people's interest in digital marketing, the depth with which they're, they're willing to go. Um, you know, a lot of companies still have a long way to go, but at least they're starting to ask the questions, right? And, and that, yeah. that's what I like. Whereas, you know, maybe before... They were, uh, we're not interested. We don't operate like that. You know, um, you know so-and-so has never done digital before. Um, you know, now there's interest or at least having conversations. It's uh, the pandemic has made our field definitely a step in the right direction.
2: Right, right. Because people realize it's just like they had to get used to people working from home. They have to get used mm-hmm. to the idea of using digital to... to...
1: Exactly.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No. Ronnie, I'm going to take a quick sponsor break and then I have some more questions for you. Okay. Uh, and the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast is happy to be sponsored by audible.com. And I, so I'm sure that you know that audible has thousands of uh, audiobook titles that you can choose from, but you may not know about all the other content like guided meditations or audible originals or podcasts news it's really incredible so do yourself a favor go to audibletrial.com slash business growth sign up for a free trial and explore it it really is remarkable I think you're going to be just amazed and I will tell you just from a personal standpoint that one of the things there's a lot of things I love about audible.com, but one of my favorites is that I can get all of that content in one place. I don't have to go in and out of platforms and logging in and logging out of a bunch of different things. It's just all right there. It's a bit of a time saver, I would say. So check it out for yourself. Interested in getting some help with your sales strategy? Pick up a copy of Succeed Without Selling on Amazon and wherever books are sold. Today, we're speaking with Ronnie Saud about how to use digital marketing like an outside sales team. So, Ronnie, let's talk about content um, and, and talk to me about what you think are like the best w- or what is a, a, a good content strategy for discovering and then nurturing
1: leads online. Sure. Good question, um, because content is is the variable, is really the variable for success, right? Um, and so what what I always like to follow is, in order to prospect, right? Number one, you need to be helpful. You need to educate. I wouldn't necessarily say you need to sell hardcore. So uh, with the content that you create, it should be, you know, for maybe lack of a better term, a little more FAQ uh, focused based on helping your target individuals uh, with the problems that they face that you're a subject matter expert on. Okay. And, uh, you know, really, really be out there and don't just educate about your company and your process and what you have to offer, but educate about the product or the service in general, you know, and what that'll do is, um, one, it'll open you up for connection, which is what you need. Okay. You'll get their attention because you're educating them about something that they're interested in, um, or they're currently really researching or shopping pretty hard. So, You are going to have their attention. You're going to have their ear. Um, And that is a great way to actually go about prospecting new individuals. And this is something that, you know, I I even do myself. So I put out, you know, a tremendous amount of digital marketing content, and it's all free, and I never talk about myself or my business. It's strictly tactical strategy, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, what, what I'm looking for there is just, you know, I really want to be a helpful resource for individuals, uh, you know, as it relates to di- digital marketing. So um, that's, that's how I suggest prospecting best, is just, you know, go online, be helpful. You know, if you're getting started today, video is really where you need to be concentrating the lion's share of your, your efforts in your, your budget, in your time. Um, you know, there, there were, you know, years in the past where images, you know, worked you know, equally well, but today uh, where most people are online and with where the platforms want you to be too, video is by far uh, the most effective. Um, it's also the most cost effective in terms of bringing you the most bang for your buck in front of getting in front of the most amount of interested individuals in really engaging with them. Uh, So that's my, uh, you know, suggestion in terms of how to prospect. You know, after people have engaged with you, you know, they've consumed some of your educational videos, that's where you can then go and send them more content. And you can start to get a little more personal about your business, what you specifically offer, what your philosophy is, what your culture is, what your process is, you know, what your onboarding um, uh, flow is like, so on and so forth. A lot of that, and you know, tying this back into salespeople, you know, a lot of that can, can be iterated the first time or maybe reiterated uh, through sending those engaged individuals subsequent retargeting, remarketing ads that talk about what your company does in some of these specifics. And that's how you can nurture them along on their journey. Hmm. That's
2: great, thank you. I, I like that idea because a lot of times salespeople think that their prospect or their new client knows everything that they offer, but mm-hmm. not necessarily the prospect isn't listening to all of that. So, so if you can then be creating content that helps them learn that,
1: you know, when their mind is open
2: to it, I could see, I can see that being really valuable.
1: Exactly. And, you know, one, one thing that I discovered too, is that I, I think content marketing also helps the business get smarter in positioning itself within the market because I think the business assumes (laughs) that consumers (laughs) really know what they offer and how they offer it. Right. And that tends to almost never be the case. And so, you know, what appeals to you, Diane might not appeal to me and vice versa. Right. So you can't assume that, that there's one way uh, to sell to everyone. And I think, you know, using content Mm. to see how men react versus women um, or how certain age groups react versus other versus others, I think is a smart, cost-effective way, um, you know, one, to get in touch with those individual groups, serve them targeted m- messages, but the amount of information that you're going to learn a- about um, communicating and doing business, you know, with, you know, a woman who's uh, 28 versus a woman who's 58 is immense. in the way that you need to talk or relate uh, to those two separate individuals is extremely powerful. And content marketing can help you really, really decipher and sharpen your your core message for both of those groups, or however many you have.
2: Right. Okay, you mentioned this, uh, a second ago about um, in a cost-effective way. So when you talk some about you know, realistically, what kind of cost are companies looking at uh, to use digital marketing?
1: Sure. So, you know, in terms of cost, um, there is one, uh, the investment cost of creating uh, the content piece. And so if it's, it's, you know, well done articles, um, if it's slide decks, if it's video, you know, uh, there's there's, you know, very cost effective strategies for doing that. I mean, I, myself, I do what's called talking head videos, right? Where I just, I flip on photo booth on my, on my laptop, and I just start talking about a particular topic that costs absolutely nothing. And those work great. Um, uh, But then there's also the cost of, if you want professional video production, Um, Or or if you need to bring in an outside writer or writing team to help you execute and write guides and articles and make, uh, you know, slideshow decks and things like that. So there's a cost associated there. Um, And then there is uh, the cost of of advertising. And uh, the cost of advertising is, is something, you know, to where, one, I would come up with a very, very comfortable base budget. And the cool thing about advertising on YouTube and LinkedIn and Facebook and Instagram, using those channels to prospect, is how cost-effective they are, okay? Um, for you to get, you know, one video view on YouTube pre-roll, for instance, so the video ads that play that, that, that you can skip, those cost on average $0.03, okay? So who doesn't mm. have – three cents, (laughs) right? So great up, Um, uh, uh, Facebook, Facebook and Instagram, you know, is a little higher than that. So, but it's still, it's still less than a dollar. Okay. And, and um, uh, two, these platforms work better when you start small and scale up. So you shouldn't, you know, be starting and going all in, you know, on on like a, you know, a ten thousand dollar, you know, a month budget. You should be starting small and testing how that particular content piece works within the target market that you're sending it to. Um, you know, so I I myself, you know, will launch campaigns for five and ten dollars a day. Watch how it performs, and then I'll scale it up from, from there. And so that is a really, you know, safe and effective strategy, you know, one to make sure that the content piece that you're running to your target market is on point with them. You can see how they, you know, interact with it with a very small, small budget, but then two, if it is successful, you can then incrementally, you know, keep scaling your budget and your traffic higher. So kind of a two-part, you know, okay answer your question, you know, a little bit of a strategy. Yeah,
2: yeah, which is great, because I think that's part of what stops people, is that they don't know what a strategy would even look like, so, you know, like, they just can't wrap their head around it, so that's really helpful. At the same time, um, I'm curious about how organic social media and paid social media work together to move people mm-hmm. through the sales funnel?
1: Sure. Good question. Um, you know, I think that looping back to something that we previously talked about, right? Um, making sure that your, your salespeople and, you know, a portion of your employees, if not all of them, are organically sharing the content that uh, the main organization is, is putting out there. You know, so that's, that's one way to utilize organic and to give it more legs, right? Um, okay. A really cool strategy to employ uh, is, you know, number one, organically doing that. Then when, when any one of your employees followers interacts with that content um, or clicks through and visits the landing page or whatever, those individuals can thus be tagged and then, and then uh, sent a series of remarketing ads. And so that's one way that organic and paid can work together. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know, um, a second strategy on that is somewhat in reverse to where you can run paid campaigns, uh, those educational prospecting campaigns to new individuals that do not know your business exists. If you put, you know, really great educational uh, content in front of them, okay, what we tend to see is that they do go and like your page so that they can get subsequent updates from you and not just the ads. Hmm. So that- Two, two ways to where, um, you know, organic and paid uh, can work, can work together.
2: Interesting. That's helpful. Thank yeah. you. Okay. Sure. So um, I really appreciate this information. I and mean, we've talked a lot about all of this. If someone's listening, and they're feeling like, okay, I got to do this. What is the first step they
1: should take? Good question. First step, first step that they need to take is they need to start getting uh, their, their their ducks in a row. It's always better to, uh, you know, we've all heard the, the phrase, you know, uh, failing to plan is, is, is planning to fail, yeah. right? And so yeah. you, you do need a plan. A lot of times companies will fire out the gate and they'll just you know, they'll start a Facebook ad campaign and, you know, they, they, they didn't give um, uh, the content or the ad creative enough thought at all. And the problem with that is that about 80% of the success of these campaigns hinges on the ad creative, mm-hmm. right? Um, and the thought through, through process that, that you put in place. So, that being said, I would sit down, I would plan, um, I would come up with all the various target audience groups that your business has. And I would, you know, possibly segment them uh, by sex, by gender, um, by by interests, you know, if that's uh, relevant to you, right? Or sec- sectors that they work in. Um, and then I would start, you know, again, using the information that you have at your, your disposal talk to some of your sales team members and say, well, what is this group of people interested in versus this group of people? What are are they interested in? Um, And then, you know, you, you have a good baseline of topics with which you can go and make content around. And by content, I mean, you know, pictures, videos, um, swipes that you see on Instagram, slide decks that you see on LinkedIn, and you can start creating educational content um, uh, around, and that's very targeted for your target personas, your target um, uh, audience. And so that would be the first step, because without without good 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 content, you know, a great ad strategy re- really isn't going to go very far. Mm. And that's what you know I wind up helping a lot of people with is. You know, we're really good at ads, but, you know, it's a two-part thing, right? Um, it's the ad's job to get the click, okay? But after they get the click, they go to your website or a landing page. It's the landing page's job to sell them. And so you do need that, that one-two punch. Got it. So Thank I think you. mentally, if a lot of people digest that, it'll, yeah. it'll produce better long-term results for them. It'll, it'll get them started on the right foot, you know?
2: Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Wow. Ronnie, th- this is so great. Um, I really appreciate it. I would love it. If you would tell the listeners, you know, how they can find you, especially when they realize they really don't want to do this on their own.
1: Mm-hmm. Sure thing. So, you can visit our website at Soud Marketing. that's S-O-U-D, SoudMarketing.com. Uh, and then, you know, we have a blog and I have a ton of helpful articles and videos on there um, if you want to further educate yourself. Uh, we also have all the information about our services and, you know, the capacity in which we, we work with with clients, but... Um, you know, if you found this helpful and you want some more intricate information, we have it all up on the blog and they could find us and follow us on YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram too. We we share everything out on there.
2: That's wonderful. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Listeners, you know, thank you. You are who we're doing this for, and that was some really valuable information for you. I'd also like to thank our sponsor. Uh, Head over to audibletrial.com businessgrowth. Get your free trial of audible.com and go exploring. And get your sales strategy headed in the right direction with Succeed Without Selling. Available on Amazon and wherever books are sold. As always, continue to prosper and be curious. And until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, Goodbye and good
0: day. ¿Por qué esta Coca-Cola de McDonald's sabe tan bien? ¿Será la máquina? ¿Será el popote o el hielo? ¿O oh,
1: quizás soy yo?
0: No sé, Diego, pero vámonos, ¿no? El, ¿por qué esto sabe tan bien, deal? Un refresco de cualquier tamaño por un dólar, solo en el one, two, three dollar menu de McDonald's. Prices and participation may vary. It can be combined with any other offer. Cambo, my Coca-Cola is a brand of the Coca-Cola Company. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite
2: foreign film, Powder Donut. <coughs> okay, what's my line?
0: Uh,
1: the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive.
2: Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous walrus, the bulbous walrus. The name your price tool. Only from Progressive. The RNFL of the comatose Coxwain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliate price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Welcome change agents to your go-to place for stories that ignite your spirit, fuel your purpose, and connect us all. We believe in the incredible power of the human spirit, its boundless resilience, and the inspiration it brings to our lives.